Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Anyhow, let's hear more from Steve Cohen and everything he said the other day in Kansas City. You know, listen, I mean, we, we, we love Pete as a Met. Um, you know, he, he's an integral part of the Mets. Um, you know, he's still, still with us for another year. Listen, we hope we work things out. I mean, even with Brandon, we work things out in free agency. So, you know, hopefully we'll get a few shots at the Apple and, and try to figure it out. Do you intend to try to extend him before it gets to that point? I mean, you know, I don't want to talk about private conversations, but what I will say is, you know, Pete is a is a great man. I think Billy did a phenomenal job. All right, time okay. out. Let's get to this Alonzo stuff. Um, what I'd love to know is not what the offers are, not what the Mets are willing to give Pete, not what Pete's asking for. What I want to simply know is, have they ever talked? That's what I want to know. Have they ever had a conversation, the camp of Pete Alonzo and the New York Mets? Is there been conversations about a long-term deal? Because this feels very opposite of Judge. And what I mean by that is I always got the impression with Aaron Judge that he didn't have an interest in signing. He wanted to go to free agency. That was the impression I always got. And the Yankees were making offers, but judge never was making an offer back because remember when the Yankees leaked out, Hey, we offered Aaron judge this. I would always say, well, did Aaron judge ever ask for anything? Like did Aaron judge ever say, okay, I want this kind of contract. And and just because we never found out about it. And I asked Brian Cashman this directly uh, a few months ago and he tiptoed it and said, ah, not going to get into these private conversations. But I always wondered, did Aaron judge just want to get to free agency? Not that he wanted to leave the Yankees. He clearly didn't. But he wanted to test it. He wanted to taste it. He wanted to, you know, kind of test his market out there. And so I kind of get the opposite feel. Pete wants to be a Met. When we've done these comedy events with him, that's always one of my go-to questions in public or even privately. Like, you're going to sign a long-term deal? And Pete's answer is always the same. You got to talk to Steve Cohen. Almost as if, I'm in, but can you talk to Steve? And then, you know, maybe there'll be an offer and, I'll say yes to it, and I'll be here forever. So I would just love to know, and Steve's not going to answer it because he said, hey, it's private conversations, private conversations. Are you even offering anything to Pete? And if not, why? Because let me make this very, very clear. If for whatever reason, and I don't know the reason, they don't want Pete back, they don't want Pete on the team, then, of course, you trade him. Then you have to trade him. Then you're going to keep him for a year and let him leave as a free agent. That's stupid. 
Now, I don't want to trade him. I don't think it makes baseball sense. I've made that clear. But I also think you should try to lock him up because once you allow a guy to get to free agency, you run the risk that they're gone. The Mets came close to losing Brandon Nimmo. They did. They lost Jacob DeGrom. You know, you have to make sure a guy doesn't get to free agency. And coming off of a year in which Pete's going to put up big home run numbers, but his OPS and average are going to be down, I think it's fine if you're the Mets from your lab, uh, standpoint to say, hey, let's negotiate with Pete coming off of Pete's not best year of his career. And if you're Pete, who clearly wants to be a Met, and I've always gotten that impression from him, he's probably going to be open to it because even if he's not coming off of his best year, he still has a chance to get the bag now. He has a chance to get that security now. This is the perfect time to work out a deal in the offseason, and I hope they do. But I, I don't have any answer based on what Steve said because Steve gave you nothing. We love him. He's great. Yeah, we hope it works out. But he also opened the door to that. He may get to free agency, and we may have to sweat this out like we did with Brandon. If you – if you like DeGrom, they clearly didn't – want that long-term deal with the right. They want, they didn't mind going a short-term route. It's the only Ray, way they wanted him back was on a short-term deal. Right. I'm assuming that whoever wants Alonzo is going to want a long-term. They're not going to want a short-term. Am I, am I wrong about yeah, that? No, it's a long-term deal with Pete. I think it's more about how much per year. What do you think? I mean, obviously his value in a year is going to change, but what do you think his value is right now? Would you think he can get like a $200 million contract? The weird thing about Pete is we've spent a lot of time talking about how he's disrespected with his war. And I wonder if that is going to lead to a disrespect in free agency that a lot of executives are going to look at him and say, well, you know, defensively he's this, even though I disagree. And he brings this amount of wins per season, even though I disagree with the stat. And I wonder if his market is actually going to be very similar to the way he's viewed when you look at these analytics, when you look at specifically war. So maybe Alonzo doesn't get as much money as we think he deserves for a guy who's the best, most reliable slugger in Major League Baseball. So, like, And that's, that's the thing that bothers me just a bit. Like you see Lador. He came in, they traded for him, and we basically rolled the red carpet out and say, here, you're going to be a Met for life. We want you here forever. Here's a huge contract. Pete Alonso has done everything right. You're right. He definitely gets pushed aside as far as a superstar. Um, I don't know why he gets spit on as much as he does. And he's going to get hurt for it. And it's kind of annoying. Now, again, it's not my money. It's not my team. I just root for them. Right. It's 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 frustrating to see that Pete Alonso. We talk about history of the Mets, and the one thing Cohen has done is he's he's trying to highlight the history of the Mets and make it more like there is a story behind this team and this organization, and I want to be the one to build it even more. That's a great guy to build around. No, I think it is. <laughs> I don't think. From a baseball sense, it makes sense to move on from Pete. And obviously from an emotional sense, it makes no sense. So I'm fully in the camp of, I I hope a contract extension is done during this offseason. The first thing I would do if I ran the Mets is I'd extend Pete Alonso. And I'd have this thing done. And I'd know going forward, all right, I got Alonso signed. I got Lindor signed. I got Nimmo signed. 
I have McNeil signed. I'm more open to dealing Jeff McNeil, even coming off a bad year. He probably has. I don't think he's, his value's down. I don't like trading guys when their value's down, but I still think there would be enough teams in Major League Baseball that would look at his versatility and say, I'll give you something good for him. I think he's a more replaceable player, but I'd love to have my core just fully signed. Anyhow, let's hear the rest of Steve Cohen. Work, working hard. Um, you know, I got a three-year contract with Buck, and we're, we're only a year, year and a little over a half in. So, um, you know, we're, we're you know, we're, we're status quo. So fair to say you expect yeah. Buck to be back next year. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't fully know, you know, anything's possible, but, you know, you know I got a three-year contract with Buck, and, I, you know, we're... You know, Buck's Buck's doing working his ass off, doing a good job. Listen, I, I don't I don't put it on Buck. You know, I, I put it on the players, right? <laughs> you know, I think. You know, listen, I think we're hitting in some bad luck. I think, you know, some things that happened that were probably just the opposite of last year. But it's kind of unfair to put it on the manager. Okay, I mean, that's, I think that's unfair. So, I know this is going to annoy some people because Buck did not have a good year this year. He is mostly right. It's on the players. That shouldn't exonerate Buck Showalter or Billy Epler for their failures this season. But ultimately, Max Scherzer, it's on him. Jeff McNeil, it's on him. Starling Marte, it's on him. And down and down the list. What I took from the Buck answer is that there's a chance he's back. But if David Stearns is running this team like we all expect, David Stearns is going to get the decision. And if David Stearns wants to go with his own guy, whether it's Craig Council or it's a younger manager, then David Stearns is going to bring in his own guy. It would it would be so typical for Buck if he manages the final year of his deal with a transition Met team, and then the following year when the expectations are raised, he's gone <laughs> and someone else gets to win, like pretty much happened everywhere else throughout his major league career. I don't think he gave much of an answer on Buck. I don't, and I also just don't think it's. It's not my priority as a Met fan. If Buck's back or not back, we'll discuss it. But it's really, the priority to me is really, what the hell is this rotation going to look like next year? That's that's the million-dollar question. That's the question that we're all going to ask for the next three months, four months, because none of us know. And that's going to determine what we're looking at in 2024 for the New York Mets. That's what we're talking about. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Now, I got a lot of emails, and I apologize. I always feel bad because I got, like, tons of them, and we can't get to all of them. So we'll do our best. We'll read a few of them, and then we'll mix in some more during our drunk edition of Rico Bronia that we'll record Sunday night. Because what's better than drunken emails? That'll be a lot of fun. Jose Mercedes writes, Hopefully the Mets get David Stearns to be president of baseball operations. Stearns will take over this Mets team with plenty of assets, and I'm excited about our future. This is another reason why the moves at the deadline needed to happen. Now, I know Pete's a very important core player of the Mets, but if Pete Alonso thinks of himself as a $250 million player and the Mets are not able to extend Pete because they value Pete at, let's say, $200 million, 
Should the Mets sign him at no cost or pivot to trade him? What are your thoughts? I don't believe in signing someone at no cost, obviously. You know, you can't just give a blank check. I think the only guy in baseball that deserves a blank check is Shohei Otani. What I would want to know is where, what are they asking for? What am I willing to give? If we're going to be $100 million apart, yes, that's a problem. If we're not that far apart, then you make a deal. You make a deal. I do think because of what I said earlier about Alonzo's value around baseball, that as risky as free agency is, if you get into a stare down with Pete and get to free agency, there's a chance you win that stare down. There's a chance that ultimately, because of his value as this homegrown Met and beloved Met, that the Mets will, even with their offer, kind of be above everybody else, that there isn't going to be a team that's going to match or defeat you. Uh, sir, I don't know how to pronounce this fellow's name, and I apologize. S-U-R-U-J-H. Sergey. I'm watching the third game versus the Royals from Germany, where I work. We're losing 3 nothing in the sixth, and I stopped watching to stream The Witcher. <laughs> what is The Witcher, by the way? I've never even heard of it. <laughs> Have you heard of it, Pete? I think it's a show on either Netflix or Prime or something like that. I've never watched it, but I, I, I believe it's a TV show series. Gotcha. Kind of thing. Carrasco is still pitching, and I'm surprised, but not even happy about it. Is there a word or term to describe my delusion in watching Stuart and Ortega falling down in the outfield? P.S. The Witcher was more entertaining than the game. <laughs> that's That's where we are, man. That's where we are. Jimmy writes, bottom of the seventh, deflated and perplexed. We all know the season's over, but after the trade deadline balk lost, this team looks lifeless again. I hope you get to see Nimmo return in Baltimore, maybe even Marte. They dismantled the pitching staff, but not the offense to the point where half the lineup are guys we never heard of, which he's right about. They didn't dismantle the lineup. They traded Cannon Fam, and all of a sudden there's like five guys who you barely remember from spring training. Buck Showalter, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is historically known as a guy who comes in and changes the culture of a team and manages young players. He certainly explained New York to Lindor and is one manager of the year. I know Buck has probably gone at the end of the year, but I don't understand why their high-level prospects like Mauricio and anyone else who may vie for a position next year aren't with the team now to learn under Buck. Isn't that what he was hired for? Buck hasn't been as sharp this year, but the Mets' failure is due to player performance, period. It sounds like Steve Cohen. Has Met Brass lost faith in Buck and not trust him with any of the top prospects? I can't see what else Mauricio can do. Whatever work he needs, no one can sell me. He'll learn more in AAA versus being on a team managed by Buck Showalter on a roster that has star players in Lindor and Alonzo and a guy who hustles every day like Nimmo. And let the kids all mature together. If they want to build a young team, let them go through the pains together. And let us fans go through the pain at the same time, not staggered. I think what they believe he needs to learn and get better at is pitch selection and defense. That's, I think, what they want Mauricio to get better at. And at the end of the day, I'd rather see it at the major league level. I'd rather see it when the Mets are playing games against the Orioles as opposed to when the Syracuse Mets are playing a triple-A team. But as of now, they don't want to do it. I think September 1st, we get them. I don't think this is something where we're not going to get them all year. 
But September 1st is three and a half weeks from now. That's a long time of watching Danny Mendick. That's a lot of Danny Mendick. A lot of it. Dan Figiani writes, it feels like Cohen's comments isolated Pete Alonso. For somebody who should be here forever, he gave him a he gave him no hint of he's our guy, we'll figure out a way to keep him. The way Lindor and Nimmo talked about what was told to them about the direction of the team was heading. It's almost like they have Pete on the outside of their future plans instead of making locking him up a priority and building around them. I got it's a great point, Dan. I thought the same thing for a little bit that Nimmo and Lindor, it seemed, got a direct message from Steve Cohen. Spoke deep conversations about the future. And with Pete, it's almost, I'm a baseball player. I'm just focused. You know, I got my head on straight. As if Pete is not having those conversations. Now, maybe that's Pete. Maybe Pete is such a baseball player that he's just focused on, you know, that day's game. And he's not getting involved in these conversations. But, yeah, it's it's concerning. The Alonzo stuff is a little concerning. <laughs> I have to admit. And that last one, otherwise this podcast is going to go on for three hours. And again, we appreciate the emails to RicoB at gmail.com. Lucas writes about Steve Cohen. God, I love this man. <laughs> Most fascinating admission is how he said that the new rules have turned baseball into a game for favored for younger, more athletic players and most exciting teams like the Reds and Orioles. They started this roster overhaul in 2021 before these rule changes came into effect. It has been obvious that the pitch clock and pitch comm affected Max Dushi. Oh, he calls Max Max Dushi. <laughs> I like that. Steve acknowledged it has changed their way of thinking. They traded the overpaid geriatrics for youth, speed, and athleticism, headlined by Acuna and Gilbert. I love it. In Cohen, we trust. Imagine if the Correa deal didn't fall through. Boy, oh boy. Can you imagine that? If, Especially considering the year Correa's had. And not only the Correa deal, this is for you, Pete. Imagine if they got Trey Turner. Trey Turner has had an abysmal season in Philadelphia. Dropped to eight in the batting order. Give me, give me a shortstop that signed this past offseason and has been good. Well, not this past offseason, but if you go back a year, Corey Seager has been good in Texas when he's been healthy. Marcus sure. Simeon, even though he doesn't play shortstop, has been pretty good. But, no, you're right. I mean, Carlos Correa has been a massive disappointment. We mentioned Trey Turner has been a massive disappointment. I don't think Lindor has been that. I think Lindor has been clearly better despite the up-and-down nature of his Met career. I still am not convinced that the pitch clock and pitch com is why Max has a 4 ERA. But I guess we'll never know. Now, he's 38 years old. That 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 could have something to do with it. It's certainly on the table. But yeah, the Mets have moved in a direction of being younger and more athletic. And in a couple of years, we'll get to see it at the major league level. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not, we're not there quite yet. Either way, we appreciate you listening and going through this rough, rough patch together as Mets fans, as their season is now spiraling into irrelevance very, very quickly. But we'll be here after every every Met series, throughout Met series. You never know. We'll pop in with an instant reaction once in a while as we get you through the final two months of the very forgettable, but we'll never forget, 2023 Major League Baseball season. Email the pod to ricob at gmail.com. I am going on vacation. I'm going to see the Mets down in Baltimore on Friday night. But we will have Ricos because I can bring my laptop with me and a microphone. 
So I ain't going anywhere. We'll have a vacation from the Ricos. Just a vacation from being on the fan for about a week and a half or so. Appreciate you listening. I'll see you in Baltimore if you're there. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 